Welcome to episode 25 of the Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Can't believe we're 25 episodes into this thing. We're going to talk about what people will pay for, and specifically three things that people in general will pay more for. I want you to be thinking about what else you can offer your people. You might have a product or a suite of products, but what else at a premium level can you offer them? That's what we're going to be talking about today. If you don't have any products or you're brand new to business, this will still be relevant to you, but I'd highly suggest you watch my Passive Income Workshop where I break down in about 45, 50 minutes how to create your first thousand dollars a month in passive income in just 30 minutes a day of work because I know you're busy you're trying to make that transition it breaks down everything how to come up with your idea how to find people to sell to what to sell to them how to automate it how is this passive income thing even work there's so many people saying passive income is a myth it's not a myth okay yes you have to do some work but the money comes in passively while you're not working and it scales and grows and grows even though you work the same amount or less and less, which is what I'm trying to teach you how to do on this show. So yes, passive income is real and this workshop shows you how to do all of that. It's absolutely free. I've put it together for people like you. So check it out at grahamcochran.com slash workshop and watch it and take notes and implement it and go make your first $1,000 a month of recurring revenue in just 30 minutes a day. When you've got that business up and running and you're looking for ideas of how do I increase revenue, one of the ways you can do that is by thinking about premium products or services, something that's super premium, okay, that not everybody is going to want to pay for, but a small percentage will pay handsomely for something that they truly value and you can really create a big not only profit margin, but you can 2X your revenue. You can 5X your revenue. There's a lot of growth that happens with these small little percentages of people who pay for your premium stuff. That's very, it's very fascinating to me because we think average customers, how do I get more people to buy all my same stuff? That's a tactic and a strategy. But in addition, I want you to have a strategy of having premium products. Now I've talked about this a bit before and a few weeks back, I did a video series um, on something that I call the 64-4 rule, and I was teaching you in this video series how to leverage your top 4% of customers. Because statistically, if you take the 80-20 rule and you look at your customers, 80% of them okay, are just your baseline customers and they're going to buy your basic stuff. But there's a 20% of your customers that are willing to spend a lot more with you. In fact, if you look at the revenue, probably 80% of your revenue comes from that 20% of customers. It's lopsided, which means that there's a group of people in your customer base who are spending four times what the average customer is spending, which is very telling. And then what I talked about in that video was how you you can dive in even deeper. I learned this from Perry Marshall. You can do an 80-20 analysis of the 20%. And who are the top 20%? of the 20%, aka your top 4% overall of customers. Those people, if you follow that pattern of 80-20, those 4% account for the bulk of your 20% or of your 80% of revenue. 
And that means they count for the bulk of your revenue at large. So it's the smallest little group that is bringing in a humongous chunk of revenue. And to ignore that small group, to not offer premium products and services for that small group, is to miss out on over half of your potential revenue. Said another way, if you don't have a premium product or service, you are missing out on over two times what you could be doing in revenue just by offering something ultra premium and a small select of your customers go for it. So I was teaching this concept, breaking down the math, giving me examples in this video. And I got an email uh, from one of my students named Eric. And I want to read you his email because I think in this email, it reveals a mindset that I think is limiting and I'm not coming down on Eric. I responded to him and, and tried to help him out. I don't know, think he wanted my help, but I offered it. He emailed me. So um, I think it's a limiting mindset. And I want to shatter that mindset and then show you that uh, there is plenty of potential to offer premium products and services. And I'm going to break down three things that people will always, till the end of time, pay more for and how you can incorporate those into your business. So email from Eric and he is a classical guitar instructor. So he's a guitar player and instructor, but specifically in classical guitar. So finger-picking classical guitar. Here's what his email says. Graham, your video's totally nuts in my eyes. That's a great start. Feeling really good about being in my inbox this day. I teach classical guitar, and the numbers of income you're talking about is insane. I'm sorry. I even have to say that in my teaching, I'm not holding back anything from any student, and I wouldn't want to. And he's basically saying like, so you're saying offer more to certain students, so why would I hold back from my other students? We'll address that in a minute. So offering something more, what should that be? It reminds me of a doctor I had when I had some serious back problems, and I asked if he didn't have anything to help in my pain, and he said, oh, yes, I do, but you don't have the money for it. What a sick world. Puh. P-U-H, I don't even know what that means. Puh. Like, ugh, disgusted. You disgust me, Graham. What a sick world. That is not my style. And then you can tell that he's, he's, he's still trying to think about it, though. And then he has this follow-up sentence. Sure, if someone would like to have a two-hour session of coaching every day, I'm guessing he sells 30-minute sessions, an hour session, but not in any case that I've met such a person in 50 years of teaching. 50 years of teaching. Okay, there is a lot unpacked in that email. It's fascinating to me from a psychological perspective of where Eric's head is at. And, and his, he brought it up the very last sentence. He hasn't met anybody that wants a two-hour session in 50 years of teaching. So his past experience or his perception of his experience over 50 years of teaching is sort of uh, framing his response to me saying, hey, you can charge 10X, 100X for certain premium products and services to certain clients. And it's he's like, this is, this is nuts. This is insane. So I emailed him back and a couple of thoughts I gave to him uh, were one, and, and this is kind of where I want, I don't, I'm not coming down on Eric because clearly Eric is good at what he does. How do we know this? He's been instructing people on guitar lessons for 50 years. You don't stay in business for 50 years without doing something right. Okay, so people clearly people know about him, like him, 
and trust him enough to hire him to teach them or their children how to play guitar. And he's not done that not just for a year or two or three or 10, but 50 years. So the guy is clearly good at what he does, right? So I have a lot of respect for him already. I also respect him in that he doesn't want to hold anything back from his students. This is one of the things I addressed in my email to him was, Eric, you're speaking my language, bro. I would never want to hold anything back from my students. I don't. In fact, I give away some of my best stuff for free. I give and give and give. And you know what? 95% of the people that consume my material aren't ever going to be paying customers. So I'm, I'm not even talking about holding back to certain customers. I don't even hold back from the freeloaders. Okay? You could listen to this podcast every single week for free and never join one of my courses, never join one of my memberships, never be a coaching client, never pay me a dime. I don't care. That's that's not the point. I'm going to give you the best that I have on this show, which is one reason why months ago I, I shifted from just short videos only, 10, 15-minute videos, to a longer format here on the podcast and on YouTube so that I can dive deeper, so that I can coach you more. So I'm with Eric, and I'm, and if you know me, I'm telling you, serve your people. Don't hold back. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is statistically, you could be giving your students everything you think they want, but what I think Eric is missing out on is that he doesn't even know that there is a small percentage of his students that would likely pay a ton more for something premium. A, he's assuming that they won't. But B, it's because he doesn't know what that would be. The only thing he said in his email was maybe have a two-hour coaching session. So I'm coaching them twice as long or four times as long, depending on how long you know his, his lessons are. That's all he can think of is longer sessions, more billable hours. That doesn't actually solve the problem for Eric anyway, right? Because if he does two-hour coaching sessions, he can't do as many coaching sessions. So it's the same amount of money, whether he has 10 people doing one-hour sessions or 20 people doing 30-minute sessions, right? The math is the same. His time is limited. So even his thinking in his email is limited because that's all he can think of. He's like, what? I can't even think of what other people would pay for. He said, offering something more, what should that be? And so in his mind, he thinks that only thing he can offer is lessons. And so the only way to to offer more is to hold back his lessons or hold back something he teaches to some people. So he has this scarcity mindset that I've already offered and come up with everything I can think of. So to have premium options, I have to remove some of the good stuff from the average customer and only give it to people that pay me more. And I'm saying, "Mm -mm, don't take anything away. We need to get creative and think of what else could we do to bring value to our customers and and, uh, our clients. So that's what I want to share with you today are three things that people will always, always pay more for in any industry. I don't care what it is. People will always pay more for these three things because I want you to think about what is your premium option or offer going to be or offers. Okay. Are you ready for it? This is going to be fun because I think you're going to start to see these, these three things everywhere you look. Number one, people will always pay more for access. 
will always pay more for access. So let's use the obvious example with our style of business. We're creating an online business where you're teaching, you're sharing, you're educating around your topic or niche, right? I'm doing it right now on the topic or niche of business. I do it every week on the topic or niche of audio recording and music. You might be a fitness instructor. You might be a motorcycle mechanic. You might be a lawyer. You might be uh, a young living, oil selling uh, guru who's just shot to the top of making money selling essential oils to people. And now you teach other people how to sell essential oils, right? That's one of my friends that does that. Whatever it is you know, whatever it is you know, you're teaching and sharing that, right, through content. So if it's like this, right, it's a podcast, it's a video, it's one way. You're ingesting it. You're listening to me. You're learning from me. And so I can get information out to you and add value to you. Take that a step further. You buy an online course of mine, it's the same thing. It's still relatively one way. It's deeper. It's more in depth. There's so much value in my courses because it's like step by step. It's everything you need to know. But there's still a limitation there because you don't have access to me. We're not hanging out right now in real life. If we sat down for coffee, right, you could ask me anything you want to ask me and my attention is solely on you. Don't you think that's a bit more valuable than an online course or a free podcast? You better believe it. So access to content creators these days is so valuable. And so if you have a following or a few customers that have bought a course or are in a membership site of yours or community, you can offer things like one-on-one -on -one coaching via Skype or a Zoom call. You don't have to meet them in person, but you can sell your time at a premium to take your customer and go one-on-one -on -one with her. You see what I'm saying? If, let's say, someone's willing to spend a few hundred dollars with you on an online course, how much would they be willing to spend for a few hours of your time directly where they can get personalized content, personalized coaching? Heck, where they can just talk to you, where they can just even be noticed by you. And I'm not trying to get weird or egotistical here, but there's probably people that you fanboy or fangirl over that not only do you want to learn from directly, but if you could hang out with her, or you could hang out with him for an afternoon, it would just be cool just to know that that person knows that you exist, right? I've got people like that. So there's so much value to have that one-on-one -on -one access and you can charge a premium. Now in Eric's case, that's all he does already, okay? So we're going to get to Eric in a minute, but that is his model is one-on-one, -on -one you know, sessions. It's coaching. It's, it's teaching guitar. It's an old school model. It's not the same. The value is what it is because of what he can offer. He's not moving from content online to in-person. He's already starting in-person, right? So that doesn't help Eric, but it can help you. You should consider offering premium one-on-one -on -one coaching. Another thing you could do is small group coaching, right? So a curated group of people, like 12 or less, right, that are in a group these are sometimes called masterminds, sometimes called inner circles, but these are a group of people. Let's say you have 400 customers that have bought a course from you over the last few years, but you could have five to 10 of them to pay you a premium to jump on group coaching calls with you every single month or a couple times a month where they're in a private group with you where now it's kind of like one-on-one, -on -one, 
but there's a few of you, so the price can be less than one-on-one. So you can have one-on-one as your ultra premium, then you can have a group call group that's not as expensive for them individually because they don't get direct just one-on-one, but it is such a small group that you know everybody and everybody is known by you and everybody, and there is personalized coaching in just a slightly different way. That is for sure worth a lot more than an online course because, again, access to you, right? Access, I want you to think about that. As you become more popular, as you become more valuable, as you sell more courses and memberships, you, your time, which is finite and limited and you have to protect it and you have to decide how much of your time are you willing to give up for one-on-one coaching and group coaching and really think through how much you're gonna make in that time to make it worth it. But your time becomes supremely valuable because it's that one-on-one access to you or that direct access to you, that personalization that doesn't exist in an online course or a podcast. So number one, people will pay for access always. Always have, always will. Number two, priority service. People will always pay for priority service to be at the front of the line. Let's think about how many amazing examples there are, okay? I live in Tampa, Florida. About 45 minutes away is Kissimmee, Florida, which is right outside of Orlando. And that's where there's this magical place called Walt Disney World. Okay. If you go to any of the parks in Walt Disney World, let's just take the Magic Kingdom because that's the one everyone's thinking about. And you, you want to take your daughters to go see the Disney princesses. And uh, they're basically like, oh, this is great, dad. They were not impressed, by the way. I was like, uh, you better be impressed. These tickets were expensive. Parking was expensive. And lunch was like 100 bucks. So they were not impressed, hence we have not gone back. (laughs) They're like, eh, it's basically like Busch Gardens, Dad, which is another theme park nearby in Tampa that's way more affordable. I'm like, "Uh, it's not basically like Busch Gardens because it's way more expensive. So we'll just stay in Tampa and go, anyway, I'm on a rant, sorry. Dad rant, Um, you go to Disney World, you want to go to any of the lines, to any of the rides or attractions, you know, and if you don't know, I'm warning you, those lines are long. All right, you got people from all over the world coming to Orlando, Florida to go to Disney World to wait in the same line for the same dumb ride as you. And you're gonna wait an hour, sometimes two, sometimes three for some of these rides, okay? We've all paid the normal ticket. We all have to wait like little lemmings, just standing in the heat, right? Huh, then you see this other line that's got nobody in it. And these people just walk right past you and they go straight up, you're like, you're like looking like, what? Where, where are they going? How do they, how are they going straight to the ride? I want to go to the front. Hmm. They've paid for something called Magic Pass. Huh. They've paid extra to be able to go to the front of the line. Now, don't yell at me if you've been to Disney World. I know you get a couple of rides you can choose in your ticket typically so you can get that Magic Pass or that get to the front of the line, fast pass or whatever they want to call it. It's a little bit different in Busch Gardens too, so I get them confused. You get a couple of those built into your ticket, but you can pay to have that access, that magic fast pass or whatever you want to call it for every single ride. It's an upsell. And uh, it's worth it. It's worth it because, because I don't want to sit in line for two hours for a dumb ride that I'm not going to be enjoying anyway when I get on it. So if I can just go straight to the front, I can enjoy more of the park, I can enjoy more of my day, I get more out of my normal ticket, but they charge extra for priority service to go to the front of the line. 
very interesting. Another industry that does this are airlines, right? You pay more for first class than you pay for coach or economy, whatever they want to call it. What do you get when you pay for a first class ticket? Well, you normally get a bigger seat, more legroom, comfier seat. You also get like free drinks. You also get to sit at the front of the plane. You also get to get on the plane first. Now, what's interesting is airlines have tried to diversify and we're in this era of we hate class warfare like first class and coach. And so they've tried to make everybody feel like they're first class by creating more classes in between first and traditional coach so that you don't have to spend as much to get some of the rewards of first class to make people feel a little bit better about themselves. But it's also a strategic business move because it's just more medium tier upsells for them. And so a lot of these airlines, you can pay more just for priority boarding. You're still sitting in the back of the plane. You're still sitting in a normal seat, but you paid a little bit more so that you can get on the plane first. What's the benefit of that? Generally, so you can take the overhead bend space because those seems to fill up these days because nobody wants to check their bags because it costs so much money and they get lost. So people will pay to get on the darn plane sooner. And it doesn't get you to your destination any faster, right? But you just, you like to be the first one on the plane. It just feels good. People will pay for that. Another example that changed the entire industry was Amazon Prime. Right? There was a day, and I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, actually it wasn't that long ago, where if you bought something online, it's going to take five to eight business days to get to you. Right? You order something, you, it was long enough that you would order something and then forget that you ordered it and it came like a week later. And that was normal. Now, there was always right, FedEx, if you wanted to do three-day, two-day, or gosh, overnight, you could always pay for priority service, which is another priority service, right? Even the U.S. Postal Service has priority uh, service, which is, is a two to, three, two to three day thing, right? So you can pay more to FedEx or the Postal Service to get your package faster. That's another example of priority service. But I, was, and I wasn't even thinking about that. But Amazon, and in order to not only dominate the online space and create more customer loyalty, but to make more money, they offered Amazon Prime, which at the time was $79 a year, and then it moved up to $99, and now I think it's $119. But at the time, you pay $79 a year, which is like, what, six, seven bucks a month. But you pay for it up front, so they get an extra 80 bucks to 100 bucks from you for nothing, technically. You're not buying anything. You just pay them to be a member, a Prime member. Well, what do you get? Well, you used to only get free two-day shipping if you bought something. So it didn't actually get you anything unless you started to buy crap from Amazon. And if you bought crap from Amazon, they would pay for two-day shipping. So you do the math in your head. You're like, well, do I order stuff from Amazon regularly? And if it's like, yeah, after a few purchases, you're gonna not only get free shipping, but you're gonna get it faster, which that's the funny thing is you already had free shipping on, on Amazon anyway, but now it's just faster shipping, so you don't have to wait as long for your thing. And I remember when it first came out years ago, I was thinking, is that really worth it? Do I really need it in two days? Dude, now I'm so spoiled, right? If I can't get something tomorrow, I'm like, what the heck is wrong with Amazon? And they've got Prime now. I mean, you can get stuff delivered now, depending on what city you live in and what you order. 
But gosh, we've gotten so spoiled because we got so used to two-day shipping. But we paid extra for it. You have to pay a premium to be a Prime member. Now, I think the value is there as a personal preference. I think you get a ton of cool stuff, the free videos, free music, you get all kinds of cool stuff. But the point is, what were they selling? Nothing. They weren't selling a product. They weren't selling really anything. They were selling you priority service, getting faster shipping. So when you think about your service, if you have a service, or you think about your product, if you have a product, what could you offer that is priority, that makes someone feel like they're ahead of everybody else, they're the front of the line, they get a little bit extra, right? What could you give them and charge more for that's super valuable to them? A combination of access and priority service could be, if you sell an online course, having a premium tier, a more expensive version of said online course that gives you everything in the course, but you also get a one-hour Skype call with you, the, the course creator, at a time of their choosing. And on top of that, they get priority email response to any questions they have about the course. So they're paying a premium. They're, so if the course, let's say, is 300 bucks, maybe they're paying you 500 bucks. They're paying you almost double, or go ahead and charge them 300 extra dollars. Two times the amount. They're paying twice as much as the average person for the same course, but what do they get? They get priority service. They get email access to you, so they can get an email response faster from you if you offered that, let's say, and they get one Skype call with you, so they get access to you, where they can learn and, and apply the course, and then they can get some uh, feedback, some personalized coaching, okay? For one of my courses, Automatic Income Academy, I offer a couple tiers, and one of those tiers gives you the more expensive tier it gives you a custom brand review video for me. So it's not a one hour call, but when you build your website and building your products, when you've got your whole sort of online business up and running, you email me and send me your link and I, I start to screen capture my first reaction to going to your website and reading through your sales copy, your email header, I mean, your website headers, your lead magnet that you offer, your positioning, and I give you feedback on the way you set up your online business and I send you a video right? Super cool. They pay a premium for that option, access and priority service. So I want you to think about what you could offer there. So people pay for access. They pay for priority service. Third thing that people will always pay more for are experiences, okay? These are huge, always have been, but are so huge in an era where so much of our value is offered remotely and online and we're all disconnected, and we're all isolated. So having the human touch, having in-person events or experiences is critically valuable. You don't have to do these if you don't want to, but if you do them, you can charge a premium, and a select few people will pay that premium because it's unlike anything else. So let me give you an example. The Recording Revolution, as a brand, sells online courses, okay? also has membership sites, okay? So you can buy one-off courses, you can be a member of an ongoing membership site, tons of value there. And of course, there's the, the videos, and blog articles and stuff that's free. One of my buddies and I run a membership site together. Uh, and so it's for my audience, it's also for his audience, so we kind of sell to both of our audiences. And 
we are just good friends. That was one of the things we did together was this membership site. We've done it for many, many years. And we thought, you know what? Let's do an in-person experience together. So years ago, we decided to do an in-person workshop. So the membership site and our content it all revolves around teaching you how to record and mix your music so it sounds professional. And we thought, well, how cool it would, would it be to not just teach that on the internet, but teach it in person? How cool would it be to have a whole weekend together at a nice studio in Nashville with 10 to 12 of our top students hanging out with a real band, recording that band together and teaching while we record. Then when that band leaves the next day, mixing the music, so like editing and putting it all together and polishing it and make it sound professional, teaching them how we do it. And then all the in-between stuff, the meals together, hanging out in downtown Nashville together, right? we put together an event that we called Simply Recording Academy. And we've done this workshop, in-person in workshop, three times. And we experimented the first time um, with price. We weren't sure what people would go for. And we ended up realizing that people would pay a lot more than we thought, especially if we made it more premium. So we went from just having the workshop to like, let's make it a whole experience. So the most recent time we did it, it was a weekend experience. And I believe we charged about three or $4,000 for the experience. And it was, if you can make your, get your way to Nashville, then your ticket, your three, $4,000 ticket covers all your lodging and all your food and everything. Like you're, you're just, you're here to have a good time. We, we booked a hotel for everybody. We're all in the same hotel. All we get, all the meals are covered. We had a, um, a, like a big Mercedes passenger van and a driver to take us everywhere we needed to go. One of the nights, either the final night or the second night, after a nice dinner downtown, we rented a stretch Humvee, stretch Hummer, just because <laughs> to drive us around town and take us to different, you know, bars and restaurants and venues, and just just because um, it was like it was like a big bachelor party. What it felt like in terms of like, why, why do we have this stretch Hummer? But it was, we were just making it an experience, and so these people came from all over the country. We had some from Canada come in right to Nashville to hang out with us, to learn from us, to ask questions. They could stop in the middle of something and say, hey, why are you doing that? Even the people that are really good at recording and mixing just wanted to hang out with us. And that, you know what? It's not just even about us. I don't mean to sound egotistical, but that was a big thing. They wanted to see us in person in the flesh, but they wanted to have a fun time. They wanted to have a fun experience, right? Not everyone can afford this. Not everyone can afford three or $4,000 for a weekend, right? and plus the flight or driving to get there, plus the time away from family or work, right? Not everybody can afford this. This is not for everybody. This is for your top 4% of customers that are willing to spend because you can't give that to them online. You can't give that experience to them with a course or a podcast or a membership site. We can get as close as possible, but the more content we deliver online, the more valuable in-person experiences become workshops, retreats. There are people that do retreats that are also vacations at the same time. Okay? So two, I've been on two of these myself that are very interesting. One, in the recording side of things, there is a, a company called Mix with the Masters. And I'm, I'm friends with these guys now, based out of France. And they run week-long seminars, kind of like we did a, a weekend workshop 
they do week-long seminars on a niche within our niche, just on mixing, not really on recording as much, at this beautiful studio in the south of France called Studio La Fabrique. And it's a beautiful location, and they bring in some of the best producers in the world. And so it was on my bucket list years ago, like, hey, at some point I want to go. I love France in general. I loosely speak French, and I love red wine and bread and cheese and making music, and I want to hang out in the studio for seven days with these amazing people. So I decided to go one year, and I think I paid between five and $7,000 all in. I probably paid 7000 or 8000 after my plane tickets and train tickets, flying to Paris, take the train down to the South of France, so to Avignon. So I get a whole week. But for me, and I learned a ton. I made some cool connections. Um, actually ended up making some business connections that really worked out down the road years later. But you know what? I just had fun. It was, it was an experience around my hobby, which is music and recording. I actually do it for a living, but it's also around, I'm also a student. I'm always learning. It was around my hobby, but it was just fun. Just fun to have a week away to myself, right? It was like a, a, a self-retreat, right? I love family vacations. I love vacations with just my wife, but this was like just for Graham. It was like a special treat for Graham. I never really do stuff like this. And so to me, it was, a, it was worth the money to just treat myself. So I paid it happily and I enjoyed my time. I had a great time. I'll never forget it. Another one I did last summer, um, I got into cycling two years ago, road cycling, right? Think spandex, Tour de France, you name it, right? And I have a buddy who got me into road cycling. He's a ex-pro uh, cyclist. He's a pro cycling coach. And he has another business where he does these um, cycling tours. It's called His company's called Gourmet Cycling Travel, right? Um, and so it's the most epic time ever because you go on these trips, usually built around these big grand tours for cycling. So the Tour de France is one, the Giro d'Italia is another. But for a week, you fly out to France, um, you rent a bike there, and basically they take you around some of the most epic mountain climbs in France that the, that the Tour de France is going on that year. So let's say they're going to go up a certain mountain that day on their stage. We would go up that same mountain the morning before the riders got there. We would be at like the last climb of the day so that we would have time before they close the roads. And they've got fans lining the side of the road that are there to cheer on the real racers. And we're up there climbing up the mountain. Like by climbing, I'm dying, right? I'm dying to climb up this mountain. It's so impossible. But they're cheering you on, allez, 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 right? And they're all camped out. They're grilling. They're about to have a great time that day. And we got to experience the same climbs that the tour riders are going to experience. We got to then, when we get to the top, like wait as a spectator ourselves and watch the actual tour come through. We got amazing hotels. They cart us around all over the country. Amazing food. There's a, a chef, a professional chef that's on the tour. That's why it's the gourmet cycling. So we have a cycling coach and a chef and the chef is making you food all day long. He's cooking you breakfast. He's doing cooking classes. He's taking us to restaurants and teaching us about wine. It's just fun, man. Fun. And I probably paid another five to $7,000 for that experience. That's fun. And my buddy, Simon, who runs this company, he sells courses, membership sites, but then these amazing week-long tour events that are a lot of work to put on and cost them money, but they charge a premium and make a good profit. So the whole point is that might be overwhelming to you to put on a massive, massive week-long event. So don't. Could you do something over the weekend? 
I'm not, I don't like planning live events, but I've put on these in-person workshops three times weekend. They're, they're two, two nights, right? Or three nights, two days, excuse me. And it's not that hard. You don't even have to include accommodations if you don't want to. You could start out by just having a price for being there all day or for the two days and include some of the meals and say, hey, you have to pay for your, your way and pay for your accommodations so you have choice, but then make the price, you know, reflect that you don't have the accommodations baked in. However you want to do it, this is something someone will always pay more for. So going back to Eric's email, the classical guitar instructor, here's what I told him. I said, Eric, I think you might need to broaden your perspective of how much you can offer your students. Offering more doesn't usually mean more knowledge, okay? It can mean more access to you, priority service, or experiences. The three things I just shared with you. For example, as a guitar teacher, you already offer lessons at a certain price, but you could also offer a weekend experience for a select few of your students that includes a tour of the Martin Guitar Factory. So Martin makes some of the best acoustic guitars. So I don't know where that, I think it's in Pennsylvania, but what if you made an experience around going to the actual factory and getting a private tour? So it can include a tour of the Martin Guitar Factory. You get tickets to a concert that evening of some famous classical guitarist in New York City or Philadelphia or somewhere. And then an intensive two-day guitar workshop where all their food is included, right? Now, let's say he has 100 students. Most of them are not going to do that. Most of them, especially if they're teenagers or kids, the parents are like, no, that doesn't matter. But will four of them do that? Will five of them do that? Maybe. And if they're older and they have money to spend, they would probably gladly do that. I said to him also, maybe your people wouldn't go for that, but the point is to think bigger than your thinking. Don't hold anything back. It's the opposite. Find more value you could offer. Seth Godin says it best. Give more for more. Give more for more. If you want to charge more, then give more. If you can't think of what more you could give, can you give access to you? Can you give priority service? Can you give an experience or experiences? Get creative of what else you could offer and then charge accordingly. Don't have this limiting belief that everything that you're selling or offering right now is all you could ever offer or sell. It's not. It's not. You could offer a ton more, but it takes your work. It takes you sitting down and brainstorming. And guess what? Not being focused on what you would buy or what you would pay for. Oh, I would never pay for priority service. I'm not going to upsell that. I would never pay for a week-long experience like that. I don't need one-on-one -on -one access. I learn perfectly fine from an online course or remote, you know, asynchronous learning. Great, fine. But you're not your customer. Okay? Don't make decisions about what your customers will buy based off of what you would buy personally. That's just good advice in general. You are not your target market. Yes, you might be in terms of being in the niche, but don't make your product offerings based off of the way you purchase or what you purchase. That's awful research. One person, you're going to base your product research off of one person, yourself? No, think about real people, your customers. You can even ask them you got to realize that not everyone is like you. You might be a penny pincher. You might be ultra frugal. 
That might be because of your upbringing. You might have come from a family that just struggled to have enough money. And so your reaction to that is, I'm not gonna waste money like my parents did or my family did, so I'm gonna be really tight and be really frugal, right? Or that might've been beaten to your head to be frugal, to save money, to not spend money. That might be your experience. That might be your schema, whatever. But that cannot be the way you make decisions about what you offer. Because guess what, my friend? You'll never make any money if you say, well, I would never pay $2,000 for coaching from somebody. That doesn't mean someone wouldn't pay you $2,000 to be coached by you. You gotta think about what other people would pay for. And again, you can't even say, well, everyone's not gonna pay that. Of course they're not. We're talking about the top 4%, that little sliver. Most of your customers are not gonna come to your experiences, your weekend events. Most of them are not gonna pay your rates for one-on-one coaching or group coaching. Most of them are not gonna pay for priority service. We're not talking about most of them right now. We're talking about what else can we offer a small select few of them for more because the profit margins are so high that just by offering these ultra premium options, just think of an airline again, just by offering first class tickets that are easily 20 times the price of a coach ticket, they don't need to sell that many to skyrocket their revenue. Fuel cost is the same, whether they sit in first class or coach, but they get a lot more profit on that same flight even if they have to give them some free champagne, right? So get creative, think outside of yourself, and brainstorm. And what I'd like you to do as we wrap this up, sit down today or tomorrow, sometime this week, and I want you to write the words access, priority service, and experiences down. And then I want you to brainstorm two to three things that you could offer in all three categories. Just dream them up. Don't worry about execution or logistics. Stream up the concepts. What could you offer? What are two to three things you could offer that are related to access to you? What are two to three things you could offer that are related to priority service? What are two to three things you could offer related to experiences, like in-person experiences? Just start the juices flowing, get them flowing. And then once you make that little list, I want you to pick one of them to begin executing now. You might have some cool ideas and dreams for a live event, but that might be way too far in the future for you to pull off in terms of the the, the customer base yet or the, the margin in your, your day and week to do that, or even the cost might be prohibitive for you at this stage of your business. But I want you to still brainstorm and, and dream a little bit. So then start with one of the other ones that you can pull off in the next month or two. But brainstorm those three things and then pick one that you can execute to move forward. So you can, like Seth Godin says, give more for more and watch your your revenue skyrocket and watch your customers that do purchase those premium offerings love you for it and get a ton of value out of it. If you're looking to just start this whole process and you don't know what you could offer, period, and this is over your head and you're like, I just need to offer something. How do I get some money coming in? I'm gonna point you back to my passive income workshop. This whole workshop breaks down the four key components to creating revenue online. I don't care what business you're in. I don't care what topic you're in. You need these four components. You need them in the right order and you need them connected in the right way so that they spend and spend and spend and money comes in while you're doing something else like listening to this podcast. It's very practical. I give you tools, tactics, scripts, templates. I literally map out what you can do right now to in 30 minutes a day 
build your business that will generate $1,000 a month or more of passive income. And it's free, so you might as well watch it and take a bunch of notes and then go implement it. So check it all out at grahamcochran.com slash workshop and enjoy. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for diving in on this episode. Thanks for giving me a little bit of your time. It means a ton. If you haven't already left a review on iTunes on the show and you listen on iTunes, it means a ton. Please leave me a review. Let me know what you like about the show, what episodes have really spoken to you. That way I have a good feeler for what's connecting and resonating. As always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting. And I'll see you in another episode real soon.